Hey, welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian Espinal, and joining me and looking very weirdly disgruntled is my co-host, my partner in crime, Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. What up, Chris? Are you okay? Listen, my dog is driving me insane, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's all they do is bark. <laughs> yeah. That's all? Oh, that's what they provide. Yeah, this episode is featuring Nikki, Josh's dog. Uh, say what's up. Uh, joining us also through Discord is my brother and uh, producer of this podcast. It is Edgelord Big News, Brian. What's up, nerds? Hello, friend. Brian told me the other day that um, when we hit 200 subscribers on YouTube, he would give away his Logic hat to Josh. <laughs> I did not say that. Is that a deal you guys made? Do you like, want his Logic like, hat? It's, it's an open raffle giveaway, but I'm going to rig it. No. To I'm just letting you know ahead of time. No, I never made this deal oh. ever. You heard it here first, folks. Get to, oh, get, us, bugging, get us to I, two. I'm a liar now. Now I'm a yeah, liar. Yeah, I guess you are. That's cool, though. Well, Josh, Josh may have been lying, but I'll be telling the truth. If we get to 200 subscribers, then jo- then Brian will give Josh his logic hat. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> we set it I up. Never agreed to this. If the people, uh, I mean, we yeah, have to now. We're beholden. Stone now, Brian. By the uh, laws of online content, this is what we have to do now. Um, Don't it, worry, this, I'll trade you an heirloom as well. Yeah. <laughs> What's what heirloom are you gonna give him? Hmm. Many to choose. I refuse. We'll find out. Well, we'll find out at two hundred followers. Yeah, if you get if you get us a, if you get us to two hundred subscribers, we'll uh, these two will exchange heirlooms of some sort. <laughs> so, a sweepstakes, nobody wins. Uh, it's uh, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, we have uh, a lot to get to actually. I thought because jump was off that. Uh, it'll be a pretty chill day, but uh, it's a little um, regular old day at the office. So let's get into so- social media plugs really fast. You can find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Joshua Cole, where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore 37. And I'm projecting my voice because it's good marketing. Yeah, that's that's what I read. <laughs> uh, Brian, uh, what is what are your plugs, my friend? You can find me at... It's Punchline at, I mean, you can find me at b.esp on both Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Twitch whenever I feel like streaming at It's Punchline. All right. Uh, you can follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Our theme song is by Drum Foo. You can follow him at drum underscore foo on Instagram. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk to us about. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we have 49 episodes backlogged, you know, on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, find us on there. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you're listening on iTunes and Spotify, uh, thank you guys so much, first of all. And uh, click the link in your description. It'll bring us to your our YouTube channel where we have full video capability. You can see whatever we're watching and stuff. So, um, yeah, click on that. Give us a like, subscribe, follow, comment what you thought of the week's comics below. Uh, and, um, with that being said, let's get the show started. Um, all right. Last week we kind of hinted at a bit, a bit of an announcement. We're not going to make it a big deal today, but, um, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. Joining the lineup next week, uh, starting next week here at New Jump City is Jujutsu Kaisen is joining, uh, 
we will be covering it every week starting next week when jump returns proper uh and yeah adding to the many many series that we actually cover on this show um very excited to have it uh so it's too good too good not to talk about it yeah we figured that like you know since the anime is coming soon it'll be a good time a little timely to uh to unveil very excited for it. Jujutsu Kaisen has been one of our low-key favorites. Uh, I think we had an A rank in our tier ranking for the Shonen Jump series. So yeah, we did. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's coming soon. And um, with that it, being said, uh, let's get into this week's. Let's uh, stop focusing on the past and into the present. It's time to randomize. I hope he turns his sword into some gu- 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 guns. Avengers. Uh, this is Avengers number 35. Uh, the Age of Khonshu continues. Um, in the last couple of weeks, we've been having this uh, little mini... It's kind of like a semi-big event uh, where the Avengers are facing off against Khonshu, uh, the god that the Moon Knight serves, the superhero of the Moon Knight who's coming to Disney+. Plus. He serves that guy. <laughs> Catch it soon. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we get we start this issue. Oh well, he's basically taken over the world. In, in recap, in summary, so uh, we we open this issue actually with a little bit of interesting information. Uh, one million years ago, where there were also Avengers, just kind of like assembling on their own, all gathering like the forces of these legacy characters within the Marvel universe. Uh, the Moon Knight has also uh, a one million BC counterpart. Uh, it's this caveman-looking guy, and he's furious. <laughs> um, and we'll find out later. But apparently, back then, he went to full-on war with the 1 million BC Avengers. Uh, and that was pretty cool to know. I think it's very... I, when I read this, I actually, like... I actually really enjoyed reading this part. Is like, oh, cool. This is like a little lost part of the mythos I wasn't really expecting. Um, it really threw me for a loop. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. It makes sense he's, since he's an ancient figure anyway. You know, yeah. Like the other ones, like the Phoenix. Yeah, it seems oh. to solidify that the reason that these Avengers in particular are brought together, these specific franchises, is because these are all like characters with ancient forces behind them, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> and this all started because Conchu was, was jealous. <laughs> jealous, yeah. Next page, we get a narration. Oh, wait, Conchu's just talking shit to his homies. And he's basically like, back then, they didn't invite me to the cool 1 million BC Avengers. And now I want, I bet they regret it now that I'm fucking in a, in a throne and shit. And I'm like, dude, you were just curling up in a fucking fetal position not two days that ago. That was literally not yet. <laughs> like one issue ago. Yeah. You, you let just some guy do all the work for you. And now you're just like, <laughs> It was me, all me. I did the thing. <laughs> I did the hard work. And uh, Moon Knight is narrating throughout this entire issue, but he all even he's like, Conchu's fucking scared, bro. He's still shook. Uh, because he's a, the whole thing is that like Conchu is taken over Earth in order to prevent it from being taken over by a more sinister force, which is Mephisto. Uh, Mephisto shows up out of nowhere. And man, he looks a lot like Azazel. Um, I'll tell you this much. They should have yeah. made him this pirate one first. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently Azazel from an alternate universe shows up because like you killed this universe's Azazel and now you must be punished. And um, 
we then cut to this little <laughs> we cut to this little scene where um the moon train is arriving in New York, and uh, a couple of the Avengers, She Hulk, Captain America, and Blade, have uh, banded together to stop them. And uh, She Hulk, in order to turn into the Hulk, she thinks about things that make her angry. You know, you know the regular things, things that make me angry as well. You know, like politics, student loans, the Knicks. Nothing to say about that, Josh? I said I would sacrifice. You guys wouldn't. I'm a real fan. So you can keep their name out there. Thank you very kindly. Yeah. <laughs> Sad that the Knicks wouldn't sacrifice themselves. Yeah, they wouldn't do it. All right, so She-Hulk turns into She-Hulk. They did the Avengers thing. Kick-ass, take names. These is mummies inside of this train. Apparently, Khonshu has just been like bringing zombies into New York. He's like, this is my army of <laughs> fucking Khonshu people. And they just get one-shotted by all the Avengers. Yeah, fighter, you know. Yeah, apparently they were also Ooh, transferring... They were also transferring uh, Iron Fist and uh, Doctor Strange and Robbie's in there as well, in the sarcophagi. I think, I think, I think Danny Rand and, uh, and Steven are, are dead. No, they're just sleeping. He says Robbie's still alive. Well, uh, Blade says they smell like they're in a coma. Oh. Because oh. apparently Blade can smell comas. Um, That's cool. I'm glad they're not dead. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know. Uh, we then cut to I where... I thought She-Hulk was dead, but, you know, whatever. Hey, 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 we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> sure. I'm sure she's not dead. I'm sure, like, down the line, she'll just pull the Kotati person out of her and be like, ah, I'm... I'm a Hulk. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, and all that good shit. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Iron Man and Captain Marvel are all fighting uh, Khonshu's men. And uh, Tony is like freaking out. He's just like, I shouldn't be raising this kid. This ain't my child. Basically. And um, that's when uh, Moon Knight shows up with Robbie's car as the Moon Knight ghostwriter thing. He's like, give me the baby because Moon Knight's going around collecting all of the legacy powers from the 1 million BC Avengers. Yeah, he snatches up Captain Marvel real crazy. And I was, I was impressed. Yeah. Because that's Captain Marvel. I mean, so, you know, I was reminded about how strong the. I saw this. Is. It's not a joke. I saw this and I'm like, damn, they really bent her back over. I feel like this is almost impossible. Like her spine should be destroyed. Damn, yeah. But, you know, Captain Marvel. I don't, I don't, I don't know. The artist must have really must have, must have been letting out his inner desires there. Yeah. To his own art. Uh, so basically, he's like, give me the baby. And Iron Man's like, never. And he's like, it's to stop <laughs> Mephisto. And he literally... <laughs> Tony's like, huh? He almost gives him the baby <laughs> after hearing that. And that's when Captain Marvel comes through and, uh, and carries him away. Um, and that's when Moon Knight is like, oh, I know you know. <laughs> You'll be back. They always come back. Meanwhile, back at Khonshu's hideout, um, Mephisto is, he's, Khonshu's just like fucking up all these alternate reality Mephistos. He's got a pile of dead is that bodies. What's going on? Yeah. All these alternate reality Mephistos come in and he's murdered every single <laughs> one of them. And Khonshu's like, I'm getting tired of this shit. All these Mephistos coming through. 
And uh, that's when Black Panther comes through to end the issue with a big climactic, fuck you, Khonshu, we're going to fight now, type of deal. Uh, I like this issue. I, mean, I like Black Panther as much as the next, but... I mean, he just killed a bunch of Satans. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be yeah. one, two, three. Yeah, that's to say the least. Um, it was an entertaining issue. If I wasn't so goddamn tired when I was reading it, I would have been way more hype. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I also enjoyed it. This run, this run is picking itself up. The last uh, arc and this arc have been pretty solid. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, glad. they're doing the self-contained, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're doing a good job at keeping their story contained and, I, not, and without letting it too out of out of control. Because I mean, I'm pretty sure we could predict how it's going to wrap up, where things are probably going to be okay and go back to normal. I will lead to whatever happens with the Kotati. I honestly so think that like we're getting, we're actually building towards like whatever Jason Aaron has like his end game for for yeah. this event. Which is nice. Uh, it's still like nice and contained, but it's uh, it's exciting now. Like it feels like we're going somewhere this time. Um, yeah, they're keeping they're keeping the heavy theme with uh, with that you know with Atlantis, Russia. I guess you know with the with the uh, uh, what do you call them? The uh, ah, shit. The vampires it? as well. You know, like the, the vampires, nation, uh, the, the squadron vampires, supreme, uh, supreme, the squadron supreme. Yeah, like they're also. Relevance, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you got the vampires, and we got the 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 Russian Avengers, right? Yeah, um, Captain Red, <laughs> whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> yeah, Captain Red, <laughs> <laughs> big comrade. Yeah, big comrade. I love yeah. it. <laughs> um, and comrade, I fucked with it. Yeah, very good. Pick it up. I mean, like, you know, if you like listen to this podcast, we have a history of shitting on this title. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this Indeed. is a very Black Clover situation for us where we're like, we're coming around, you know? But um, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, time to move on, fellas. It's time to randomize. Excalibur. Dragon Ball. Oh. We're not mixing it up today? I am. After this, after the Xbox, then it'll be more mixed up. Okay, okay. <laughs> I had to make okay. a quick executive decision before behind the scenes. All right. <laughs> so, arguably, like, one of the more important Xbox as far as, like, um, integral information to Jonathan Hickman's story goes. So, I'm glad we're covering this one first. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, Excalibur yeah. number 11, we're in the middle of this arc where... Um, the Excalibur team is trapped in Otherworld, which is basically this alternate reality version of Earth where it's still the yeah. Middle Ages and it's the home of Captain Britain. So, you know, there's that. Uh, and this entire time... Super interesting. The, re- the reason that they had to come here is that they want to plant a gate here, a Krakoan gate, so they can always have access. And uh, they're having trouble right now because the... Lady well, who apocalypse runs, does, that's for sure. Apocalypse for sure. Um, but the reason <laughs> that they want to, or A, as he likes to be called in this book. Yes, in this book. Uh, the reason they need a Krakoan gate here is because Captain Britain, who is uh, Psylocke, who used to be Psylocke, is a mutant. 
and is also Captain Britain, which are two necess- two separate kind of camps in the Marvel universe. So it'll be helpful to have something. Also, here. two separate Psylocks as well. Yes. Just in case you forgot. Yeah. Um, so. Cool stuff. Yeah, they're just basically trying to plant a, a gate here, uh, and the Citadel, which basically is is in charge of Captain Britain's powers and it's the source of her powers, is basically denying her like a right to have a Krykon gate here. So that's been this entire conflict. Um, and we open with uh, Jubilee just kind of locked herself in this tree thing because in the last issue, her son, who is a dragon in this world, was shot down by one of the Citadel people. And he is mortally, well, not mortally wounded, but pretty, pretty beat up. And he is a baby in the regular world. So uh, the rest of the Excalibur team are just kind of like sorting their options after they attack this place, actually. They, uh, they attack these green citadel uh, ladies. And there's like this camp dynamic between the citadel where there's two different cat case systems. Like there's a case system where there are the white mages of this world and the green ones. Um, the, they all kind of bend to this will of this lady, Saturine, who runs the, uh, the citadel. The green mages uh, live outside of the citadel and try to enforce her will based on her original intent and based on what she's trying to accomplish rather than the white queen, uh, the white mages that are literally following her word. And that's, I guess, the, the system they work under. But they're mostly non, uh, non-confrontative. I don't know. That's not probably the right word. English is hard. But... Uh, I mean, they were when they were shooting arrows at these dudes. To be fair... Excalibur just blasted in out of nowhere. <laughs> Excalibur came in with all of the mutant power. Yeah, they even came in together, like with the whole little team attack. Okay. Yeah. Settle down. <laughs> Settle down. Very nineties ish. Um funny you should mention that. We'll get to it when we get to it, but wait, what are you trying to show me? Oh, that's them breaking through. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Uh more like Krakoa, fuck yeah. But anyway. Yeah. All right, so, you know, they're just kind of weighing their options. They don't really know what to do. Um, they're considering going back, but the other mutants are stuck there. That's also why they need a fucking gate is because Captain Britain is the only one able to go between worlds here. So <laughs> they need to get the gate into the Citadel and they're afraid to teleport Shogo back home without being healed first. Because since he's a baby, a mortal wound like that would probably kill him if he wasn't a dragon. Complicated magic shit. <laughs> um, Makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, they, they take the night to think about it. Meanwhile, Richter goes off. Richter's always just exploring shit and, uh, and being the Sanji of the group where he just like walks around and gathers intel. Uh, and he comes across this, uh, this crystal, and when he touches it, he's able to communicate with Apocalypse, who's still on Krakoa, and like, is the gate done yet? <laughs> and Richter's like, I don't know. We, we ran into some trouble. They're not really letting us in. And uh, he's like, fine. I guess I'll help you guys out with a flashback. Um, and we learn a little bit more of the, about his externals uh, cult. This is, a, mm. ni- this is a 90s thing. From what I understand, I did some research. Um, the externals were 
of course, uh, Apocalypse being immortal, this isn't the first time he's tried something like he's doing with the Excalibur. It's a very similar thing where he's drawn together a group of immortal mutants. And not to say that Excalibur is immortal, but he, the, yeah. the, uh, the externals are a group of immortal mutants who came together to do Apocalypse shit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, basically what we learn here is that like, at some point, they, they have this like connective thing where if one of them dies, then the rest of them get more power because they seem to be linked in that way. Like their power goes and distributes amongst the other members of the externals. Uh, and then there was this lady who was like, fuck that, I want to put my life force into a gem. And uh, Apocalypse is like, okay. I also want to live forever inside of a gem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he helps her out. And uh, and it works. And, you know, this lady is brought back to life down the line. Uh, and Richter's like, what does this have to do with me and the gate? And he's like, because cryptic answer, cryptic answer, cryptic answer. You'll find out later, basically. So at that point, they're like, all right, we got to go into the Citadel. Fuck this shit. And... Um, you know, Jubilee stays behind to take care of Shogo, who is her son, and, you know, it would be cruel of her to be like, leave your son here and come help us. Uh, so they fuck off, yeah. and they do this big invasion thing. It's actually kind of cool. I actually enjoyed reading this part where they came in from underground, and all these uh, white mages came in with their cool arrows, magic arrows, and started shooting at them. Uh, Richter takes, like, the Krakoan gate and earth bends it over to the citadel, and uh, they ride the earthbending thing all the way up to the citadel. And the gate is finally established. They just kind of take this shit. He's <laughs> like, fuck it, we're doing it. And uh, they're basically like, we should test out the gate, right, to see if it works. And she's like, we're not going anywhere right now, the rest of the team. So Richter volunteers to go um, check out the gate and see if that works. And yeah, right. They all none of them look back and tell us nothing in game. It's like, nigga, you go. What are you talking <laughs> about? I'm not jumping through that shit. Yeah, fuck that. So Richter's like, and look, he jumps through it and gets lost through the into the bleed of the universe or whatever, whatever they call that shit, man. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, apparently, there. apparently, he there. just remembers that the uh, the other world gates need crystals in order to operate which is strange. And then he falls through and then he's like, oh shit, A, come get me, son. And A's like, bet. <laughs> and teleports him back. Um, and we get the final page where uh, Betsy and the rest of the Excalibur team finally confront Saturine. Uh, and that's the, um, the end of the issue. Uh, I, I like this issue. I mean, we, we're pretty down on Excalibur. I feel like we're a little unfair to it sometimes. Um, a little unfair to it. Yeah, I mean, it it it's only we're not I see that we're not like super interested because, to our credit, the X Men side of the Marvel universe is basically its own universe unto itself. The X Men tie into just as many things as the Avengers do, and like they have like hands in so many pies that it's kind of hard to keep track of like this section of their history. So uh, I did some research, and apparently the, I, I did some research on the externals to try and familiarize myself. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that the reason that the Citadel is important is because it's the source of Captain Britain power, Captain Britain's power. And without and Captain Britain is important because 
Captain Britain is important because they're basically like multiversal police. They're like Green Lanterns, but they take care of the multiverse. Oh, yeah. They did show her. I remember they... Um... The, the the Captain Britain Spider-Man tried to talk to her about like the inheritance and she kind of dubbed him and was like, listen, the universe is falling apart right now. You want to talk about some spiders? I mean, she was right, but she didn't have to dub him like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, spiders it's... are what saved the whole universe, right? Yep. The Secret Wars and all honesty. Yeah. Morales with the clutch cheeseburger. <laughs> clutch cheeseburger. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so that's why that's important. Uh, I, yeah, I like this issue a lot. I mean, I'm trying to get a little bit more because we want to be fair on this podcast. So I'm trying to educate myself on this. And I'll okay, say that, anytime I see swords in the X-Men book, I'm like, oh, does that mean? Yeah. Uh, something. Yeah. And apparently, uh, the externals are also going to play a big factor into the, into the X of swords. And that's why they mentioned them here. Uh, it's also important to note I looked into like the reading order for Excalibur we're gonna have to fucking follow I mean we already do anyway but the event goes yeah. travels through every series in this in uh, in the X-Men universe so oh, far wow. so it's a good thing we kept up with everything <laughs> uh, yeah that's true but uh, yeah and it's like apparently it's gonna be like a 22 part event like all these issues are going to tie into each other in that way, and it's not going to have like an Avengers tie in or anything like that. No, all strictly it's like, all strictly you know it'll be like a one shot introduction, and then you know X Men for example, X Force, blah 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 blah, and each one is a chapter. It'll indicate the order that it's in, which is super helpful. I love when events do that. When it says read yeah. this one, then this one, then this one, then this one, and you get the whole story. Um, so I'm excited. And uh, I know that sounded like we were like at the end of the Xbox cover, but we actually have two more. <laughs> so let's get into uh, the next one real fast. Uh, the second one is buying time because I am fundamentally unprepared. It's Wolverine number four. Um, last we left off with Wolverine, it's, this is actually like kind of addressing the second plot point in Wolverine number one where there's like a whole second story involving vampires in France and Omega Red. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They consolidated that a little bit. Yeah. That's cool. So the issue picks up kind of immediately after the last one left off. Uh, Wolverine is returning the Magneto's helmet he stole from Magneto. And uh, Magneto's like, how dare you? He's Wolverine is basically like being loose cannon cop who doesn't play by the rules where like they're they're all gathered they called them over to the council to the quiet council so they could be like Wolverine we got to we got to be more together in our efforts here you know you what you're doing is too reckless you're being too loose cannon and Wolverine's like keep your rules i could give a shit and by the yeah, way this is like a a a, a, a like the early part of this uh, of this issue is like a Logan fan's wet dream. <laughs> yeah. Cool if you watch X Men, uh, the X Men in the nineties and love love all of that other shit, like Penn Eastwood and uh, and you're a conservative that wears shades and stuff. Like this is <laughs> oh man, 
this is it right here for you. Yeah. Better at fag type shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm on my own. <laughs> I do I'm things dark. my own way. Fuck this world. And then you're patching gun, Wolverine. And finds happiness. And I just want to be mad because I've survived for so long instead of being happy about it. <laughs> instead Weird. of being totally stoked. Um, it is kind of funny though because he apparently like pissed in Magneto's helmet for good measure oh that was funny yeah he's like because you fucking tore out my adamantium off of my skeleton like a thousand times so I'm like fair you can have that edgelord moment Um, so Wolverine does what he always does whenever people get on his case he goes to the bar in the human uh, in the human world basically and he hangs out you know, he gets into a problem with one of these rednecks. And uh, then he walks away. Um, and, you know, like, the guy, the redneck leaves. He's like, I don't want any trouble. And then this cop comes in and he found, like, a dead deer on the road. And there are these cast of characters. I thought this was going to be a, a slightly different story. Like, I thought this was going to be, like, a weird, like, hateful eight type of thing. Where there are people just stuck in a blizzard. And one of them murdered the other. But apparently not. Um, so Wolverine walks into the bathroom. And he finds the guy he has problems with. Just lying on the ground. And uh, they immediately all think that he killed them. So they, they tie him up. And they're like, you're Wolverine. I know who you are. You're a mutant and we hate you. And Wolverine's like, well, how do you know who I am? So, you know, they take they take it into their own hands like criminal justice, they like uh, street justice. They think yeah. that he did the thing. So they basically tie him up and put him on an ice cube, like on the ice and saw around the ice so he could drown. And uh, Wolverine is just like, you know what? I'm so dark and edgy, I deserve this. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's okay, he doesn't try to fight. Yeah, he, he totally could have got his way out of that, in my opinion. He just decided not to. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, man. You're Wolverine. There's no way. Two humans, some old hag. And I don't even know if that guy's a human, bro. But he ate a fly, so probably not. Yeah. That's probably, that guy probably has powers. That's how he got him. All right. I yeah. feel better now. I feel more <laughs> secure now. Pretty much. But uh, then Wolverine starts to smell something. He's like, wait a minute. This smells like... And he tells these people to run, and they're like, "I don't care, you know. I'm not. I'm not afraid of you." But then, like the cop's head from earlier, he just lands right there. And then Omega Red shows up and kills everybody else. And as Wolverine is sinking, as Wolverine is sinking into the abyss, uh, Omega Red shoots his things into the ice, and I guess starts choking him out as the Legion of Vampires who are in the Avengers books, so it's interesting. I wonder if they're going to tie in, in some, at some point in some form. Uh, yeah, that's Dracula, right? Right there? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, isn't Dracula in jail? It's a little confusing. Kind of. They put him in Chernobyl and kind of just left him. I don't know how... Chernobyl? Chernobyl, yeah. Chernobyl, yeah. They just left him there and laughed at him. It's like, ha ha, you're stuck uh, in Chernobyl. Ha ha. Like, pull up. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is a cool page. We'll kill you. 
Yeah. Yeah, this is a really yeah, this is a really dope picture. I mean, uh, I just feel mad bad for Wolverine. Like, God damn. Yeah. Catch a break, huh? Maybe you shouldn't go into these CBS fucking bars that play country music only. <laughs> only exclusively. Electric slide your ass into a city pub. Yeah. And have a fucking drink and relax. Yeah. Um, Logan's a glutton for pain. We got the got, got the space stone for no reason but to be a sad boy. Teleport <laughs> all around the Marvel yeah. version of Earth to let everyone know, hey, I'm back and I'm still sad. Yeah, I'm still tortured by my hundreds of years <laughs> on Earth. Yeah, even though I was murdered via adamantium Steph. husk. You remember that. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. Not really, but it was. Brian, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I think we cut you off. It's weird that you couldn't break out of those chains, like, once the guy started, like, going wild. What? Once Omega Red showed up? Had that been Jubilee, she would have busted out of those chains, no problem, and smoked everybody. Well, let's, I guess. Like, that's Wolverine, bro. You think a little bit of chain is going to be enough to stop him, really? I guess, benefit of the doubt, Wolverine was, like, half already, like, halfway underwater at this point. He was, like, going down. Um, so, oh, he had the drugs in his system too, and also, oh yeah, they did drug him, Brian. I forgot to mention that. So it's fair enough. Uh, and Omega Red just immediately didn't even wait for him to get this far down. Actually, before he put him, he started joking him out. Um, but uh, also, you know, for um, informational purposes, you guys, uh, the person who drew this is Adam Kubert. He's drawn a lot of stuff. He drew Flashpoint, Josh. This guy. Wow. So he's come this along. Looks like Flashpoint. Yeah. Art. <laughs> like gritty. His uh his art reminds me of Greg Capullo's, like who's drawing death metal right now. I think it's a, mm-hmm. I think they have a very similar style, but um this is a cool issue of Wolverine. I'm here for it. You know, I love me some dark edgy Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't take it Wolverine. 90s wedge. <laughs> a lot of this stuff has been very <laughs> when you said that shit from Carnage, I was crying, man. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next and final X Men book, technically, is uh, Cable. <laughs> oh man, this is this shit screams like, okay, this sword is going to be important. I get it. Yeah. Oh, X of Swords. Oh, you want to talk about Edge? First of all, it, the, the, it begins with him, young, young self talking to future self. I'm, uh, yeah, it's actually a flashback. <laughs> it's actually huh? a flashback to when young Cable actually killed Future Cable. Um, so yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for the uninitiated, it, it really doesn't get more edge than that. No, in my opinion. not really. What yeah. do you think, Brian? And because you you would know better than us. That's kind of edgy. <laughs> Killing you your see, future self with a. You think like it could have been more. You think I feel, level edgy I, feel like it, I feel like uh Damn, he has a hood and everything, dude. <laughs> yeah, <he does. laughs> and, and when it, and when his eyes are gone. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is this is pretty edgy. Pretty edgy. And he's God. young. And he's a young version of his old self. So yes, that's like, that's he's like a little Sasuke. That makes it angsty on top of edgy, too. Mad so. angsty. <laughs> I don't accept you, even on your knees. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. 
Amen. And plus, he says a stupid one-liner too. Should have seen that coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is edgy as fuck. Um. All right. Here we go. All right. <laughs> to be fair, the edge doesn't last very long. It's actually kind of a lighthearted <laughs> book, if you really think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll explain it. I it's mean, a pretty lighthearted book. It is. It is. We start off in this Arctic wasteland where the three space knights from before are just hanging out around the sword they just took from Cable. And uh, Esme, one of the cuckoos, reads their minds and is basically like, yeah, they're just pretty much arguing what to do about this sword. Because um, their plan A was to basically use this sword to restore their flesh bodies like the Philosopher's Stone from Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> but uh, plan B they're going with now, they're considering is like, why don't we just transform Earth into our planet and we'll just have our lives back. And Cable's like, but they'll still be robots. But the they'll, androids, but they'll have their planet. I think they could only really use it for one thing, like like the Philosopher's Stone, where you could do only one big massive thing with it. Like like collecting the Dragon Balls? Yeah, you only get one wish. And uh, Cable's like, well, we should stop them from doing that. So he intervenes, and he basically makes a deal with them that like, Hey, you give me the sword and um, what was it? Let me see. What was the other half of the deal? Oh, yeah. He, he's like, I'll give you the ability to go back in time so you could save your planet in exchange for the cool space sword. And they're like, all right. If you get us to the future, then the yeah. you can space sword. All right. <laughs> they're just like, these are very reasonable villain group. I really like it. <laughs> they're just like, all right. We have a golden mine. All right. So is the art watercolor? Yeah, Rod Reyes drew this. Who was like this is basically his style. Um, he draws like these like painting esque type of deals. Yeah, it's reminiscent to. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm not gonna even say that. It's similar to Andrea Sarantino. It's not. It's a little. I could see the. I could see a little bit of it. But yeah, it's it's his own thing. Um, so basically they go to Cable's grave because they figure that he has like the tech needed. Oh. He has the tech needed to um, to get people back in time and he, they find that he's been grave robbed. So, and based on the fucking bag of tacos that used to be there, they figure that the person that has Cable's body is Cable's old friend and current actual king of Staten Island, Deadpool himself. Um, Are those the trolls? From uh, from the uh, War of the Worlds? No. Deadpool in his book, for those of you who don't know, uh, a monster world has pretty much taken over all of Staten Island. And Deadpool basically fought his way into becoming king of the monsters in Staten Island. So he basically rules over his own country of monsters. That's believable. Uh, Staten Island is that country? Because <laughs> yeah. who the fuck cares about Staten Island anyway? Yeah. Uh, so basically, Cable walks up to the king of Staten Island, Deadpool, and Deadpool's like, well, 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 it's young Cable, my old friend. And honestly, I'll say this right now, this is a very good use of Deadpool. Um, yeah. I, I actually very much enjoyed Deadpool. Is this the first time Deadpool made his appearance in the X-Men book? Since no, actually. Well, in the X-Men part of the um, the Venn diagram, but the latest issue of Deadpool, Deadpool actually invaded Krakoa. What? Yeah. 
I might pick it up just to see what happens. Um, Holy shit, because he's a mutant himself, right? He's no. not like a bullshit mutant or nothing. He's legit, No, he's right? not a mutant. So, Deadpool does- he's just such an incredible asshole. <laughs> yeah, but then again, who so, can't infiltrate Krakoa at this point? <laughs> yeah, honestly? <laughs> well, well, here's the deal. Played. Deadpool is technically not a mutant. Uh, Deadpool has is like... Oh, a, he's not. He's a post... Like, he, he wasn't born with the X gene. It was kind of given to him. And it's a faulty one at that. Like, his healing uh, factor is geared towards the cancer he had. So, if you try to take it, then... It, it just continues to replicate cells in your body until you explode and die. Um, it's what happened to the scrolls back in Secret Invasion when they tried to take his powers. Oh, man. So he's technically not a mutant, no. Um, but he does have a long-standing relationship with Cable, and this is his first time meeting the younger Cable who killed his actual Cable friend. Um, so basically, he's like, I- I'm looking for Cable's body. And he's like... All right. <laughs> and he takes him to where he has Cable hidden. And apparently he he dug up Cable's grave and put him in this pool table. And, <laughs> and, and it's so yeah. awesome. Uh, but Cable gets tight and he just like, open with Deadpool's antics, he just gets fucking sick of it. He breaks the pool table and just rips the arm off and he fucks off with the rest of the Space Knights. Um this is the most Deadpool shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I do love it. <laughs> Who the fuck does that? It's a good use of Deadpool. Uh, and then we get a little bit of an interstitial here. Um, we've get, been getting little flashes of future Cable. Uh, apparently, before Cable died, he he sent Wade a message. And he's basically like, if I die, um, hmm. make sure whoever kills me, because he probably will come to you at some point, make sure he doesn't get my arm. And uh, Deadpool yeah, actually, exactly. yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what Deadpool let happen. Um, My dearest Nathan. Yeah, he wrote a page back in fucking pretentious King writing, where he basically says, like, if you want that to happen, you have to pay me. Um, and then we cut back to the regular. Uh, we cut back to the comic. And this whole time, Cable's been looking for this mutant baby that was uh, kidnapped off of the regular, uh, like off of America, I guess. And uh, it turns out that the cult of X, I forget what they're called, like the, um, the or oh, the Order of X, who are yeah, this mutant worshiping cult, they stole this baby. And they're going to do some scary cult stuff with the baby. And that's where this issue leaves off. Um, baby. Baby. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm impressed with the X-Books this week, honestly. They kind of, like, ramped up. Every every, every one of these three books kind of ramped up their own story. You know, uh, moving things forward. Um, very happy about it. Uh, again, always a good use of Deadpool. Um, do you guys have anything else to say before we move out? I like this. I like the art of this series a lot when it's not in combat. When it's in combat, it's a little... Uh, it looks like it's a little stiff mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you don't really feel like the, the coolness of those fights. But everything else, literally everything else about the art in this series is so interesting to look at. Yeah, this is a, this is a very big like tonal shift for uh, Rod Reyes. I don't see him doing many like crazy action-y type books. So it's an interesting yeah. departure. 
I appreciate him like taking up a challenge in his art and try to do something like a little bit out of his alley. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see more. I, I was kind of like Cable was kind of like one of the middle of the ground books, but I really like this one, so I'm okay with it. Um, ready to move on, boys? Oh yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, good. Dragon Ball Super. Let's go, baby. We are on Dragon Ball Super Chapter 63, Meru's Resolve. Um, last Meru's week, Resolve. <laughs> last we left off, um, the entire it's Z Warrior. Meris, actually. Hmm? It's Miris, I think. It's Merus. No, isn't it Miris? Miris? No. I think it's Merus because, like, Merlo is what he's named after. Ah. Uh. Because all the people of this section of the Dragon Ball universe are named after alcoholic drinks. Um, All right. Oh, look at you, cultured. More like an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in any case, Meru's resolve. Um, Yeah, all the Z-Warriors were bodied. um, And Meru's came in like, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to fight, you know? And which is bad because Meru's is secretly an angel, which means any intervention he takes on is um is punishable by being wiped from existence. So, you know, he takes a big stand knowing that he's probably gonna be axed. Oh, it's over now for him? Did he already interfere or not yet? Well yes. it depends how how much you interfere. Yeah. Like if you right. he hasn't crossed that line yet. Yeah, the more you do your shit, the fucking the higher the chance of getting erased. Yeah. Is. Yeah, the line seems to be how much of your like actual deity powers you use. Because if it was just like intervening, then he probably would have been disappeared when he joined the galactic forces. So I guess like this makes sense. So he basically fights Merus off. You know, it's a big action scene. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, Merus is like, um, Moro, this is going to get confusing. Moro is like, are you a god of some sort? And he's like, maybe. Um, and, uh, you know, they fight. It's pretty cute. Fight, fight, fight. All that stuff. He's able to hurt Moro, and Moro's like, ha ha, finally, a challenge. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, shit, there's Bear, uh, Beerus right there. Yeah. What's he doing? Nothing? Just hanging out? Yeah, he can't. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't. Typically, they don't do shit. Yeah, typically, typically. Reese and, Be- and Beerus. He doesn't kind of want to st- fight Maris, though? No. Just because? No. I mean, Moro, but. Moro, whatever his name is. Oh, look. Like they, the thing about Beerus is that his job is like a god of destruction. He's not really like, and so he can't destroy Moro. No, he can if he wanted to, but he's as neutral as it fucking gets uh, when it comes to this shit. Like, like, on, on, like genuinely, yeah, like, yeah not he, because that's his job to be, but because he is. Yeah, his his job isn't to protect the universe. His job yeah. is kind of like bring balance i guess and he doesn't really have any alignments with no with anybody so he really is like a cat yo <laughs> yeah yeah just like whatever doing me yeah i mean he only likes earth because like he only likes earth because that's where the best food is um yeah that's literally the only reason why it has nothing to do with goku is it no no it's this is the only reason why the the, the series is still going because beerus could have destroyed them all like at the beginning of super yeah, oh, okay. he keeps Beerus yeah, around yeah. because of Goku. I mean, he keeps Goku around because of Goku's potential. Uh, 
but that's about it. Oh, he's using 70%. What, who, Beerus? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, after a certain point, Goku, like, achieved Super Saiyan God, and they fought, like, at full strength, but, like, at some point, Beerus is like, you know what, I'm keep you alive, see how far you go, because you're technically no threat to me, no matter what. Yeah. But anyway, back to this chapter. So so he could just care less about Marvel. Yes. All right. But the whole point, the way you murph it. Who's this cell in the face looking at his motherfucker, man, like that? No. Oh, was this guy that beat up Goku, the guy that gave me like a super crazy fight that shook the universe? No? <laughs> Nothing? No. Yeah. Yeah. Beerus doesn't really look yeah. for a fight like that. Yeah. Goku's the first time he has. Otherwise, he's just kind of doing his job, going around, destroying stuff. But uh, back to the chapter proper. Uh, they just, like, <laughs> Dende finds himself in a circle of corpses. <laughs> he's like, Fuck, I gotta heal every last one of these. Oh, and Beerus is apparently the one who collected them, so I guess he does intervene in some ways. Um, but he's like, he's like all Sundere about it. <laughs> he's like, I hate doing good things for you guys and helping you. Um, so Dende is like to healing everyone. And this is like a panel that kind of confused me where like Dende's like, Goku's wounds are super deep. It might take a minute to heal. Then like literally two panels later... It's like, oh, I'm back. And I'm like, I guess. Did you forget you you, you made that an issue? Or? Yeah, it was weird. I mean, I think like there's probably more to it that they'll explain later because even Goku is kind of shocked at how fast he was healed despite the fact that he had a hole in his chest. Um, so I think there's going to be more that's explained. And then um, he hears from Dende that Meru is fighting Moro. So he just fucks off and goes to stop him because he knows that if Meru intervenes, if Meru st- intervenes, then he's going to be killed or disappeared. So back to the fight. They fight some more. Fighting, fighting, fighting. <laughs> um, it's again very cool. And uh, that's when Goku shows up and he's like, no, Meru, stay behind. If you intervene anymore, you'll be killed. And then he goes ultra instinct sign again. Um... And he tr- he gives it another go at Moro, uh, and again Goku fails. Um, and he's like mad at himself because even though Merus trained him in the ways of um, of the Ultra Instinct, he still hasn't mastered it fully. And uh, Merus is like, actually, you're doing pretty well. You just need one more thing to set you off. And um, so Merus continues his battle against him. And starts using more and more of his angel powers. And he decides the last thing he does before he like gets disappeared is he's going to take away uh, Moro's copy ability. So he keeps like striking the little crystals on his palm and in his forehead. And mm-hmm. after that last one, he's like starts to fade away as if kind of like a warning. Like God's up there like, hey, I see what you're doing. <laughs> and, um, you know... He keeps fighting despite the fact that he's disappearing. Uh, He flashes back to a point where he asks Goku why he doesn't kill the enemies that he fights. And Goku gives basically his answer he gave before is that like he's he can afford to keep them alive because if they come back stronger, then he'll just get stronger. You know, Um, it just tests his ability, you know, to keep going. It's up to him to bear that burden of responsibility of 
of uh, sparing people, which is actually kind of like a deep idea. It's the idea that like, you know, if I'm going to spare you and put people at risk, I got to be able to body that risk. Um, it's very cool. I, one of the things that's good about Goku. Yeah, that was, that's, that was pretty good. That was actually, yeah, you're right. That was pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mar- Mar- Merus destroys the last little uh, crystal thing that allows Moro to copy abilities, and he fades away before giving. Uh, after giving Goku a little bit of advice, is that you should be able to achieve Ultra Instinct now because you have the power of angry sh- Shonen protagonist. As he fades away, and then at that moment, um, Merus fades away for good, and Goku starts to undergo a transformation. Uh oh. I'm, it has nothing to do with Vegeta. <laughs> yeah, Brian. I, I, mean. still, I still don't think this is going to be enough to beat him. Brian. <laughs> I, still think, I still don't think this is going to be enough to beat him. Brian. I still think Vegeta is going to have to come in and do something to help out. Because People this- are going to think that, like, I'd just be wanting to disagree with you. But that's not the case. You just happen to have contrary opinions. No, because look, the the way that this is going is kind of like I feel like they're just trying to add more stakes to to the situation, right? Because if Vegeta just fucking bodied that guy earlier, it would be fucking done. But Vegeta still has the ability to literally one shot this guy. He literally all he has to With do with that ability that he has. Yeah, all he has to do is literally tap this guy in the ass once, and he's fucking done. He's going back to the fucking. I really do hope that's how it happens. That he just smacks his butt. That's literally. <laughs> that's literally all he has to do. He he could literally flick him on his forehead, and that guy's split. Well, why didn't so he? What happened? <laughs> you know. Why didn't that happen before, bro? Because Moro just dodged him like a fucking oh, weirdo. Man, Brian. Is it because Vegeta's not enough, or is it because the riders of Dragon Ball Super can't help it? That it's, <laughs> they just yeah, can't help it? Just, they just wanted <laughs> this arc to have more stakes, you know? And at least with this, Goku can consistently go into Ultra Instinct, wow. I guess. But at the end of the day, I still think Vegeta's still going to play a huge part in, like, taking down Moro. Yo, Brian, in Toriyama's wastebasket somewhere, there's a page, a crumpled-up page where it's half finished, where Vegeta finishes Moro, and then the artist for Toriyama was like, I can't move. (laughs) I still don't think Moro is going to lose to Vegeta specifically, but Vegeta's going to play a big part in in his defeat. I mean, we'll see, Brian. I mean, I hope so. I mean, Brian, I I admire your unshakable faith. I I admire your unshakable faith. You are... Truly, Dude, I could. I just, I have a really strong feeling about this. Honestly, I hey, really Brian, do. We hope. Watch the fight between Moro and and Goku in Ultra Instinct Sign. It's like a close fight, but Moro still had an edge in that fight. So it's Listen, like, if Vegeta does <laughs> shine and do something amazing, I promise I will not jealous him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, oh. Brian, we want you to be right. I, you know what it is, Brian? I've been hurt too many times. I've been hurt. <laughs> Every the thing, time. The thing about me is that hope wills good things into existence, you know? Like Boruto, remember? Everybody was shitting on Boruto. 
Everybody was like, oh, this shit is trash. And it like, was, no, Brian. <laughs> it is trash. <laughs> it's it's trash. Fuck off. It was trash, trash Brian. Okay. You can't hurt it. Was, you, no, it was garbage. It was, it was bad. Garbage, bro. Why are you blaming us for being correct in the moment? Than you had to think of the future before, uh, rather than the present. You know? Whatever. We'll get to Boruto when we no, get to I, Boruto. I feel you. Yeah, we're going yeah, to cross that bridge. But, uh, I do. I agree with you somewhat, Brian. But uh, let's move forward. Uh, it's we didn't t- do X Men. Not yet. Oh, I have it on the list. It's an Empire book. It came out. It came before the other books. Well, it's Heck an Empire book. Out of order. It's an Empire book. So deal with it. It's time to randomize. <laughs> Thor. Uh, this was Thor number six. Um, yeah, this was. This was a lot. <laughs> yeah, this, this was this was an issue. Okay, so we get this. Honestly, this whole issue was very well drawn. This first issue of uh, Silver yeah. Surfer just gliding in, all sad. This yeah. is this is a sad boy Thor book, and you know this is written by the guy who's like writing Venom right now because it's all dark and shit. Yeah. Um, so Thor's just sitting on his throne, getting drunk like Thor do, and uh, Silver Surfer's like. So what happened? <laughs> what happened? And Thor's like, it's too painful to remember. <laughs> it's like, this shit was wild, dude. I'm really going through it. And uh, he's like, I know. I know I've been there. I was Galactus's herald for centuries. It's a pretty toxic relationship. Why don't you tell me what happened, buddy? And uh, we then cut to um, where Thor was. And... Thor is like facing off against the Black Winter who has taken Thor's form and is talking all this shit to Galactus. I remember, you know what? Thinking about it last week, I remember it was so funny when he came through and he was like, I'm not here to destroy your planet. Galactus is just a bitch and ran away from me. And uh, Thor was and like, I, I didn't know what they meant by that, man. I, that's, that's why when I first started reading it, I was like, oh yeah, I have to go back to last week. And as soon as I seen the last you know, panel from last week. I was like, oh shit, yeah, this is a liar. <laughs> He's a fucking liar. Okay, so Galactus is like, man, fuck you, I'm kill you now because <laughs> and um, the Black Winter or the Winter, whatever this winter's name is, is like, man, you know, you can't fucking run from me, Gallon. I'm here for you. And uh, he basically like, smacks the shit out of him with his darkness powers and he crashes in on onto some moon and uh <laughs> man they really bitched out galactus here where galactus like thor oh, please man, I felt bad. please help me thor the black winter is in this form he's weak here we should and then thor's like man fuck you and he brings down a whole thunder the thor the thor and uh yeah, Galactus is like, you know what? Fuck you too then. Blast Thor. And Thor uses all his power to go through. And he basically just absorbs all of Galactus's powers. And he's like, what? Why did you do this? I don't know how he did, but he did. Yeah, and Thor's like, because I can do it. <laughs> so now you're fucked. <laughs> because I can. <laughs> Bitch, because I can. And then he blasts him. He's like, my. My power. No, this is the really sad panel. And he's like, <laughs> the winter. Thor, we must defeat. And he just reads 
<laughs> Joe never Duty. Seen, I've is... never seen Galactus so vulnerable before. <laughs> I'll be telling you. I feel you. like I have, but damn. He looks like Batman when he... <laughs> when he like when Selena left him. <laughs> Yo, he just got dumped by Thor. <laughs> Thor's really... I mean, Galactus has really been in his feelings since this arc started. <laughs> He's really been a sad boy this entire time. Yeah. And, um... You know, then like Thor blasts him with all of his energy, and uh, it basically turns Gal- <laughs> big two page spread. He bodied Galactus, and uh, Galactus is just like on his knees, like, "Why have you done this to me?" And the Black Winter's like, "Cool, now move aside." You know. I thought he died. No, he's still. He killed him. He's still. Yeah, alive. It was mad ugly, yo. Underneath, without, is that the first time we've seen him without the helmet? That's a, yeah, that is the first time I've seen him without the helmet. It's very, <laughs> it's very gross. It, it makes sense, yeah. But he's all fried and shit now. He was probably hot when he had all the powers, but now yeah. he's just a crippled old man. Um, okay, so basically, Black Winter's like, "Get out of the way, Thor," and he's like, "No, this, I'm, this is my herald now. I'm the captain now." And uh, Black Winter's like, man, bless you. oh my God, bless you. Oh, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, bless you. Uh, and uh, basically Thor is like, man, fuck you. I'm going to, he's my thing now. I'm going to make him mine. And then he absorbs more of his power and just blasts everything away. Turns him into a god bomb. Yeah. And he blasts everything away. Well, not really, because the god bomb is supposed to just destroy everything, right? I think so. But yeah, no. It was a long time ago. Yeah, he's lying in the ash of Galen. Galen's dead. (laughs) Galen's dust now. And um, that's when the Black Winter comes through as a single dark snowflake and is like, you have won nothing. Do you want to see how you die? And Thor's like, yeah. We don't get to see the uh, the vision, but we then cut to Asgard. <laughs> this is pretty grimy. He took Galactus's helmet and made it the entrance entrance of the Bifrost. Oh man, that was hilarious! <laughs> grimy. Yeah, and then it turns out the vision he saw was this. Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. He has the Infinity Stones on Mjolnir. And also this gauntlet. And all this, also this super gauntlet. I don't know what the fuck this is. Uh, along with a bunch of what seems to be the Marvel zombies. Yeah, the actual Marvel zombies. Yeah, like not... Uh... Why you gotta fucking trick out fucking Mjolnir like that, dude? Why? He did too much. <laughs> I think that's that gauntlet. I think that's the... Uh, that's that black... Uh, that, that shit that Gore had. Maybe. Maybe it's, I think that's what it is. Maybe the Infinity Gauntlet got destroyed, so he's just like, hey, this is made out of the same material, right? I guess... You know what it that. is? It just seems like such overkill to the point that I don't think it's like foreshadowing anything. I think it's just like... I think that's fair. I think you he's... You always see pain. I think the amount of times Thanos has lost, he gets to overkill. You know? He's like, I can't take no chances. I'm putting all of this on Mjolnir. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I don't funny. know why they haven't changed uh, Thanos' design to match the MCU version of himself. Like, what the fuck is that shit around his neck, dude? 
Um, well, no, honestly, you're mad ignorant. You need to just be more mindful of other pe- other other alien races, cultures, and how they dress. <laughs> Jeez, Ryan. Jesus, like, Brian. Take He's a Titan. Take off on his world. That's probably the flyest attire ever. You see them boots, bro? Well, all race dead. Galactus has that whole chest piece too. If you go back, see only the only the real dons, but that shit. <laughs> For the real dons. Yeah, look at. Bro, look at this dude. Look at his whole neck. It's a little bit more exposed now, but look at that. Oh, are you going back <laughs> to Gallon? All, all, the, all the real G's have that one. Come on. Um, <laughs> Why do you think Thor's Brian. sitting there crying like a little business? Because he don't got that. <laughs> Brian, on that note, uh, on Thor's outfit, Thor in the movies basically wore a tank top the badass. entire time. Oh, Thanos, sorry. Thanos basically walked through the MCU with a tank top on for most of it. <laughs> when they first ran into Hulk, he had his traditional um, outfit on, which was cool. Yeah. Thanos should have had a beer belly in uh, Endgame. <laughs> yeah, just been fat. <laughs> just out of my trailer. Decided to take over the universe. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that was Thor. Very fun. Um. I'm excited to see what happens. Thanos with like that tricked out thing. It's too crazy. Like it's too overkill to not think it's going to be super fun when it shows up. But um, that's all I got to say. Do you want to say anything else before we go, Brian? Josh? Nope. It's time to randomize. You said, is this ice? <laughs> Dickhead, is it cold? Boruto. Uh, this is Boruto chapter 49 prepared. Um, last we left off, uh, Ishiki just pulled up at the village hidden in the leaf. Uh, all of Konoha knows better than to look forward the entire time their whole lives. So occasionally someone looks up and is like, oh shit, another flying person here to level our village. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. like Metropolis, man. Yeah. He's getting flashbacks to when Payne showed up and was like, planetary destruction. Um, so yeah. Um, he just sent the whole wave to the village. Yeah. I, this is a funny moment for me where um, Ishiki like uses his Byakugan and he's like, hmm, even with the Byakugan, this stinks. He's like, <laughs> he's like, why are you continuously disrespect the Byakugan? <laughs> All right. He's like, turns out yeah. this isn't even good. <laughs> I can see yeah. through walls. But. It's not like it's Cerebro or anything. It just helps <laughs> you see a lot better. I mean, it's pretty dope. I mean, it's just when you introduce stuff like the Renegon yeah. and the Whatever the fuck Sasuke has on that one <laughs> side of his eye. Ugh, this is regular. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. So basically, he's like looking around. Um, Naruto is immediately like, oh, wait. Actually, I like that Shikamaru's like, yeah, hey, Sasuke and Naruto are going to fight it. Nobody else fight this guy. Nobody. Uh, and everybody's like, cool. No problem. We're running away right now. Fuck this shit. Um, Naruto immediately gets up and starts running, and he tells Boruto to stay behind. Sasuke's like, no, 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 pull back. Come come here, Boruto. We got to talk. And that's when, like, Ishiki's just walking. Oh, they have a talk, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Ishiki just shows up and just starts asking directions. He's like, where's where's Kawaki? And people are like, who? Where's Kawaki? Where's Where's Kawaki? (laughs) Yeah, you got (laughs) Where is Kawaki? Where is that rascal? And they're like, man, I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know, but you need to come with us, bro. <laughs> 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 like, I mean, to, to, I can show you where something else is. To Ishiki, the other dude is so scared. Yeah, it's like, fuck. They didn't tell us nothing. And to be fair, Ishiki's like kind of a nice guy. He's like, fine, I believe you. Can you tell me who knows where he might be? Can you point in the general direction? <laughs> I mean, somebody, maybe. I don't know. Who's his aide right now? Who's helping him? He's not with the bullshit. Yeah. He could have killed the fire stage uh, Jiraiya clone guy. Yeah. I said a lot. The Jiraiya clone guy. <laughs> yeah. Kashin and he Koshi. chose not to kill him. He just said, I'm going to leave you with a lesson to learn. Oh, futility. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so well, he knew that this body didn't have much time. So it's like it's either he spent a lot more energy to kill that guy and then go after Kawaki, or he yeah. could save what little he has left to go after him. Yeah. So about perspective. Yeah. I like I like to look at it under the lens that he's just that much of a gentleman. <laughs> I also like to think that way. Right? That he's makes like, it a more enjoyable experience to me personally. Like, man, I don't need to kill a final one gotta. You know? Yeah, I like that. That's um, my kind of bad guy. Me too. Um, I think me, you guys are giving Shiki too much credit. Meanwhile, uh, yeah. back at the interrogation room, they're like, all right, let's fucking go because we got to evacuate to, um, I forget his name, um, the the guy that they got from Kara. And he's like, but he has the Byakugan though. Aren't you guys worried that he has the Byakugan? And he's like, nah, Byakugan is actually really easy to plan against. Uh, so, you know, don't worry about that. Um, so, yeah, that's when Naruto comes face-to-face with Ishiki. Cool little panel where they're looking up at each other like, hmm, what you doing here? <laughs> and uh, I like how he takes a break in mid-air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hits the brakes. Wow. He goes, by the way, I don't know why, but having... This panel where he's just like the Hokage when he's talking to Naruto, I'm like, my guy really made it. <laughs> my guy really made it. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, right. He's like, oh, oh the Hokage. Okay. <laughs> referring jar, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, remember when Naruto Dude, just I'm had right. like Naruto just had a studio oh, apartment by himself as a 12 year old boy. When this dude was, when nobody sat on the swing with him, dude. Now this guy's the Hokage. He got, he got bosses stopping when they Yo, see. I ain't gonna lie, man. Naruto's one of the realest of all time. Yeah, that's fictional. Yo, man, as you should, King. Yo, shouts out to the king. Um, like I see, like it's chapters like these where I'm like, God damn, fucking Naruto, dude. This, Hell yeah! Every time this guy shows up, he steals the fucking show. It's funny because we're like we, we all want him to land a sure, uh, 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 Rasengan. Just one, just one. <laughs> he will. Don't worry. I wanted to use the planetary one too. He was old. Nigga said, "Yeah, I'm gonna create this little Rasengan with the two hands coming out of my yo, yo." He why who who did he violate? Kakazu. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, he, he, Kikazu, he atomized him. He actually atomized him. <laughs> like for the second time, bro. When he could, he came when because they brought him back, right? They brought anyway. I digress. <laughs> the best part of every Boruto chapter is reminiscing on actual Naruto. <laughs> actual Naruto, <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, basically, back at the interrogation room, Sasuke's like, "All right, I know we were talking like a lot of shit before, but it's actually going to be a little tough to take this guy down." 
Um, so you yeah, wanna you wanna help out? He's basically <laughs> he explained basically like so I heard like something happened to you with uh, in the fight against Boro, and Boruto explains that like Momoshiki temporarily came out, gave him a power boost, but it wasn't him who was controlling his body. So. Um, and Boruto is expressing reserves because, like, he's afraid that if he transforms into him, he'll be Momoshiki forever. Valid concern. <laughs> um, Man, Sa- good old Sasuke is like, listen, Boruto, you don't even got to worry about that. If you fully transform into that person, I will kill them. Don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah, that's I my favorite. I sliced his head off of, the, off of his body. Yeah. No. I was like, yeah. Yeah, but he <laughs> barred his head off, so... Okay. Yeah, no, that's how I was like... Okay, so... Um, just like that. He's basically saying, um, are you ready to die for your country? <laughs> do... Ask not what your country could do for you. You know? He's yeah, Sasuke and, F. And Kennedy. This is without the attention of Naruto. This is without the... the, the uh, how do you say? Discretion of Naruto. Yeah. He has no idea that his son is ready to die. Yeah. Um, so Naruto's fighting against Ishiki. You know, he's having a tough go at it because he can't go like crazy in the village. He's trying not to hurt people. He's literally like Superman, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's literally like Superman. He's literally like Superman with his fucking cape. Yeah. Um, as he Ishiki's... just ran up and swung at him. He didn't even. No jutsu. No, Nothing. like, yeah, let me set him up for something real quick. Jutsu is useless. Again. Straight. Oh, yep. yeah, you're right. <clears throat> So he has to go for for Taijutsu. Yeah. Oh, what a cheese ball ass motherfucker, man. <laughs> okay. Then here comes Sasuke. Sasuke shows up. He does he does his like switcheroo jutsu. And uh he stands before Naruto. He's like, hey Naruto, don't worry, I got a plane. And uh he does a bunch of stuff. He throws shurikens, you know, actual ninja stuff. Uh Ishiki shrinks a bunch of them, you know. And um then this is a really cool moment and you know what i was i mean i'll give my thoughts on it after but like he throws his sword and ishiki tries to shrink it but he can't shrink it and why because fucking his jutsu doesn't work on organic objects and what is his sword really boruto in his momoshiki form fuck yeah Going in. Yeah, that was really dope. That was a ninja oh, move right there. Uses his, there we go. He's not in Momoshiki form. Yeah, he's activated karma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Okay, so then we get the little flashback that Josh described earlier where Bored, where Sasuke is basically like, yeah, don't worry about it. If you turn into Momoshiki, I'll cut your fucking head off myself. Uh, and Boruto's like, can I borrow your, your headband? And Sasuke's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Here's my straw hat, son. Um, and honestly, I'll give this artist credit. This was a great, like the panel where Naruto is putting on the headband. It's very uh vintage Kishimoto. Yeah, it was. Kudos to him. Um, I know Brian was like giving me a lot of shit early on when I shat on Boruto's art because it was bad back then. <laughs> but like, I never denied that he was gonna get better. I was just saying that it was bad back then. We was gonna continue to barbecue it because you can't just take Naruto's legacy and fumble it. You feel me? You can't just yes. be lighthearted and not give it the utmost best treatment from 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 start to finish. We're very protective. So, yeah, they, we're gonna incur our wrath every single time. Every manga has a 
a point when they're starting their series where they have to learn their how to make it the way you make your own series, bro. Don't piggyback off the success <laughs> of a whole nother series. You're going to get Brian. criticized. Hard. I'm pretty I sure. I tell you, Brian, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But this is a totally different situation. Yeah, you got to give this us a is break, Brian. different from Kishimoto with, with Hachimaru. Mm-hmm. What you're saying applies to, to, to Samurai 8. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Come on, man. Like, even. Even uh, that new Bleach spinoff is going to be different. This is literally saying, oh, no, we're continuing Naruto. He Literally, was the, one, he wasn't the one who decided to do it. They chose him to do it. Brian, they, they literally chose him. They chose him. Right, so how about this? I'm not going to direct my... Uh, when, all right, so I can't speak for Christian, but listen, I don't got nothing personal against the author who is actually making the story. It's the collective shonen jump after, at this. There, yeah, that's more like it. Because it's it's an operation. But it's still substan- I mean, you know, subpar. When it's subpar... I'm gonna go ham because I love Naruto. Yeah, give it's us a different. break, Brian. We're just we're just protective mama bears. You know, we love our son. But, but even though, like, I feel like this series is like the opposite of like that cable series, uh, cable uh, comic, right? Where it's what like when, in terms of art, because you know how cable, it's like when things aren't in action, it looks really fucking good, but when it's in action, it looks kind of meh. In this series, when things oh. are in action. Shit looks fucking great. But when I was talking about the story, honestly, it's I didn't hate the art. I I thought some of the legs looked weird, but I thought the art was pretty cool. I actually thought Kishimoto was drawn. So that's how that's how good I thought. I could tell the difference. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm dead. No, I know. I could tell. I'm saying I could tell the difference, not sarcastically. Oh, okay. I don't do I sarcasm. Thought said, yeah, I thought you said I, I, I could tell you being sarcastic. Like, no, 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 that did, uh, I no. I know when you're no, being sarcastic. I, I was addressing the story, though. I, I didn't. I didn't really have too many gripes with the art. I don't think the story has been that bad for a while. Yeah, no, the story's anyway. been solid for a while, but it did start off trash, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, um, that I can't. I can't argue with. It did start off pretty mad. All right, so Boruto uses his uh, karma powers to teleport, who to pull a Dragon Ball Z. It's like now you can fight freely in this desert, and um, very cool. Um, congratulations to Boruto. That was a real Naruto moment, like classic Naruto doing the substitution jutsu, throwing shuriken, and look, it's not what it is, and I can accept that, but it's cool to see that they can pull it off every now and then. Congratulations, Boruto. I feel like the fact that um, the fact that Otsutsuki were like the villains of Boruto saved the series, in my opinion. Like because it's like it brings like for now at least it brings Naruto or Boruto down back to like the bare bones like taijutsu strategy kind of shit. You know, not just fucking nuke shit all over the place, right? I mean, I, I, I hope so. I bet there's still going to be to love the new stuff, but I do respect what you know the whole. Yeah. They're like appealing to nostalgia. They're like appealing to the nostalgia factor in Naruto. We'll have not to my see. Nostalgia, but sure. Yeah, also not my nostalgia, but. What do you mean, not my nostalgia? So the first thing, the first, I started watching Naruto during the Sasuke retrieval arc. Yeah, and that's where there was still a little bit of strategy involved. Yeah, know? yeah, but it was a hand to hand, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Versus... I mean, 
G it, was, it was bro, people using Cho- abilities and shit. Choji, Choji yeah. versus the, the, the buff. He turned himself into a fucking wrecking ball. Yeah, but it's so tight. Um, anyway, people arc. <laughs> one of the best arcs ever. All right, <laughs> that was Boruto. Very good chapter. You know what? Certified RGC. Certified RGC. None of these get it from me. Neither. Oh, you're just sorry. Hate. Hate on yours, See, Brian, you're I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Whereas Dragon Ball Super was not it either. Why do you dislike so much? Whatever, bruh. Because I read good series, that's why, and I compare and contrast. Whatever, I'm I'm just giving it over to the to the man. This nah, for this man, month, cool. for this week, and Borto's never gotten an RGC from me. So, from you, yeah. Oh, so. ooh, we're making progress. I'm always open to change. I don't know why you guys think that I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> All right. It's time to randomize. Death Metal Guidebook. <laughs> okay. So I almost didn't buy this. And then Comixology told me that this is going to be... Funny story. Yeah. It was. It actually... Spoilers. It actually was... Jam fucking packed. With at least the first story was. There's, everything okay. else is meh and deserves no more than five cents, in my opinion. There are two actually important stories. We're not going to go through the whole book. We'll go through the two most important ones. Um, the first one is for context, I guess, because you kind of need to know what led up to this. Uh, during the we covered this actually. Um, back in Justice League, Scott Snyder's run. Uh, when they were fighting Perpetua, the Justice League was about to get smoked, and then they got teleported away by the Phantom Stranger, Ganthit, and a slew of other uh, extraterrestrial forces in the in the DCU, and uh, they were basically like, "You got a one up, son," <laughs> and uh, they were like, "Cool." So you know, they gave them this door, and they had to go through it, um, and this issue kind of explains what happened in that time uh, while they were away on uh, on that distant planet uh, the dark multiverse Batman basically took over the world easy um, easily yeah the Hella first easy the other heroes did not stand a fucking chance no uh, they blasted through first of all they they blasted a hole through Captain Adam which is not the way he's you always had. like one of the first to die in these situations <laughs> It's very true. And it's always the same way. And he creates a big explosion and it's like, no, yeah. Adam and all the power he has. I know. That's what I was about to say is that like for for the amount of responsibility that Captain Adam has within his basic power set, he sure does <laughs> die very easily. Um, if you just kind of poke a hole in him, you're done. And he's just like kind of made out of tin and shit. So it's very in, easy. In all fairness, it was Batman going after him. It just was crazy because all he did was shoot him in one attack and he kind of just blew up. Yeah. And then Firestorm was right next to him, so I'm sure that didn't fucking help. Well, the thing is, like... nuclear explosion in of itself. Depending on how you hit Captain Adam, like, it's he could be a one-shot kill. Are you serious? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you got to get him right. You know, like, he's very strong and he's very durable. But he will blow up when he dies. 
Yeah, every time. If you pierce his, like, shell, he'll blow up because he is basically just a nuke. <laughs> um, so, yeah, while that was happening, the Batmage showed up to Themyscira and the Justice League Dark fought against the... Uh, fought alongside the Themyscirans in order to take down... I don't down. know who the Batmage is supposed to be. It's, they're all Bruce Wayne, but they're Bruce... Duh. No, no, I know that. I'm saying, like, I wonder who... Who he's like uh, mirroring, like Doctor. All of the magic people, all of the magic people, all of them. Just yeah, curious. just all. He just has all the magic powers. Uh, he basically <laughs> took over Themyscira. Meanwhile, the Teen Titans were taken down by the uh, the Dark Father, who we saw Batman one shot in Death Metal. Oh, Superman yeah. one shot in Death Metal. Uh, Atlantis was taken down by Bathomet, who is this uh, Cthulhu fucking <laughs> this Batman, and uh, the. This is funny. The fucking Bat City from um, from the Legend of the Dark Knight, he shows up and he is the Castle Bat. So <laughs> we didn't go over his story. Uh, the Bat City guy was basically a Bruce Wayne who performed a satanic ritual to infuse his soul with Gotham City and become Gotham City itself. So basically he's just like a building now. Um, there's a building Batman. And... Um, this is the most interesting thing. That's when the Justice League is returned to Earth. And I'm like, so that that magical door was just a door back to Earth when Earth is in, in an initiator place than it used to be? Yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> it's kind of empty. Not to a different reality or nothing like that. No. Like how we thought what was going on with the Justice League. Not a door to was. Perpetua. Just the door back to the Hall of Justice. and Sorry, just a couple... Years in the future after all the drama passed. It wasn't even years. It was like probably like two days later. And they're like, fuck. Why'd they bring us wow. back here? So they figured like now that the Batman are all loose, they just travel. You know, they split up and try to take care of their own cities. And that didn't work. John Johns is the first to die. Of course. Because his fucking... I seen it and was and just... I didn't even roll my eyes or nothing. <laughs> I just was like, yeah. You just accepted sure. as fact? You're just like, Yes. Yeah, of course. I don't even think he died. He just he just lost. Yeah, he which, just lose. You know, he just same lost. Thing. Because lost. like Martian Manhunter's weakness is fire. Anybody can kill him. Anybody, man. It's really hard to find kryptonite. Yeah, John Stewart was taken down by a Sinestro core version of uh, of Batman. Hawkgirl fought a Batman with actual win- wings. And meanwhile, Batman has like 20 fucking bat people behind him. None of them could catch him. He's just running around. And in that regular moment, human. <laughs> yeah, regular human. And that's when There's the a fucking centipede Batman. Gross, man. What the hell? A rhinoceros Batman. Did you look at all of these guys behind him? Yes. Gargoyle Batman. Yeah, there's like a Mary little Allen with the clutch save. There's a little pterodactyl hey. one. There's a lot of weird Batman ch- chasing after Batman. Oh, this is what really got me tight. Uh, the Flash shows up and he saves Batman. He's like, I got you, fam. And that's how like the Batman and the Flash have been working together. That's how Barry survived, I guess. He just ran faster than everyone. Um, and Superman, Superman was taken out by the Dark Father, which I don't know. Crazy. Maybe it makes sense because Dark Sea can can fight Superman. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like he can he can beat him. 
And yeah. it's like if it's the Batman version who's already mad smart and could figure out how, how a way to beat, you know, anybody. Yeah. It just made sense. I, I was kind of like almost upset. Like, what? Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, he be busting an apocalypse ass all the time, but this mm-hmm. ain't your regular apocalypse. Right. Bat- Batman is fucking insane, man. He's honestly the worst bad guy. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Day. We all knew this. Yeah, yeah, man. He gets his shit rocked, and he puts him in the fucking antimatter jail or whatever you call it. Yeah, pretty much. He was tight. Yeah, uh, Aquaman said, "Please don't kill me." <laughs> Aquaman, please don't people. kill my people. Wonder Woman did the same. Basically, said the same thing, but just with a scowl. <laughs> Aquaman's like welcoming, like you know what? It's fine, bro. Just don't kill the Atlantis, and we're good. Yeah, Aquaman. And you just... know what? That's what happened. Yeah, that was pretty chill. Yeah, um, you know that's when, and you know, Batman who laughed successfully took over the world. And uh, meanwhile, Lex Luthor is just around. Um, <laughs> the other Bat people are with him, which is interesting. They're like helping him. It seems. Where they're like, what are we going to do? And he's like, don't worry. I know a secret. And it's the secret that Wonder Woman forgot. The one that might kill her. Oh, is he talking to Lobo or these bat people? I'm very confused. I think he's talking to himself and the bat people about to catch him. And then he teleports himself away. Oh, you're right. Man, I'm sorry. I didn't read that right. Yeah, so he Maybe sees- that's what happened. Yeah, that is what happened. He teleports away. And he finds himself to Lobo. This is where he told Lobo to find the remaining death medals. And in the meantime, he's going to the Hall of Doom to find the uh, Legion of Doom that he sold out to Perpetua not like a year ago. <laughs> um, yeah, like a whole year ago. You know, um, and that's where that ends. Um, I got to admit, the door thing was a little anticlimactic, but it was cool how they set the stage with this. Um I'm glad that we got this information. So, you know, there's that. It helps out a lot. We get two stories. We get three stories involving Harley Quinn, Aquaman, and Wonder Woman. Not all of them are super important. Um, they don't really like... They're well, just kinda... the first one and then the Harley Quinn one are probably the most, like, super important. With the Harley Quinn one probably being the most important and then the one we just read being the second most important. Then the rest of the life is what else. Yeah. I mean, it's Harley Quinn, bro, you know. Um, there is a little story at the very end where we are supposed to understand where Batman got his Black Lantern ring. I don't think they really ever explained it. He just kind of has had it. it, bro. Yeah, he just kind of has it. Uh, but what is revealed here is that Batman also has a bullet made out of White Lantern ring energy, and he's basically saving that for the final kill. So we have our little like uh, our um. What's the word? MacGuffin? It's all in set. And uh, with that being said, we now know kind of how Batman intends to finish everything off is by shooting the Batman who laughs with the White Lantern energy bullet. Um, Pretty on par. I buy it. I buy the logic, I guess. White Lanterns are extremely powerful. So I'm here for it. Yeah, so strong that Dr. Manhattan had to remove that shit. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm erasing it. That was the most direct. Thing he did, and, all, and like in all the rebirth, we said, "Yeah, I'm gonna stop y'all from doing that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which we don't that. need no more blue lanterns. And Kyle Rayner, you've done enough. Yeah, he opened up. <laughs> he opened up the hood for that one. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, I gotta yeah. get right rid of this. Die. I mean, let me. 
this is yeah. I like that, man. I, I really, really like that, yo. That they still, you know, are, are the Blue Lanterns back yet? No, as far I as I know, seen anything with Green Lantern in a while. Everybody. We haven't been reading Grant Morrison's Green Lantern because, man, it's really out there, <laughs> and uh, he doesn't even talk about the other cores, so who cares? Maybe someday we'll get back and we'll like read it just to understand what's going on with him. Because Hal has not been part of like the main DC universe in a long time. Like he's been kind of doing his own thing since like 2013. It's pretty wild. Yeah, you're right. But um, in any case, that was the uh, hand the guidebook. I guess it's interesting if you haven't been reading Death Metal up to this point, and you need something to kind of like catch up. This is a good point, but I wouldn't say that this is like a jumping on point for the event. It's um. You got to know a lot of stuff in order to read this at this point. But um, that's all I got to say. You guys got anything else? All right. It's time to randomize. Chainsaw Man. Um, <laughs> this is Chainsaw Man, Chapter 80. Um, we forgot this last week. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is all. I had to get that off my chest. But uh, we're back for it. Um, this is chapter 80, A Dog's Feelings. Um, it's basically kind of a little bit of an epilogue to uh, the gun devil battle. Uh, Aki is confirmed dead. Um, yeah. He is gone. And he apparently saved a bunch of money and left half to Himeno. Who's Himeno again? The other chick with the iPad. <laughs> the one who keeps quitting. Kobeni? No. Oh, no, that's Kobeni. Yeah, you're right. Who's oh, Himeno? I don't know who the other... Brian, can you Google Himeno, please, from Chainsaw Man? Um, but he left half for Himeno's family and half for uh, Denji and, and Power to use. So they basically... Himeno's yeah. family. I think that was his teacher, the sensei that died earlier. Maybe. Who was it, Brian? Uh, yeah, it is a girl with the ha- with an eye patch. Oh, but is it the teacher, like his the 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 shorty that taught him? I I think so. I don't know, but he left it for her family. So okay, um, not her. Yeah, Jimeno's the one that he that he liked, kind of. Yeah, that smoked the yeah. cigarettes. Remember? Yeah, I mean, and threw up in Denji's mouth. I'm shit. sorry for not remembering. It's been a while since she died. Um, yeah, bro, she was one of the early ones. We was like, don't get attached. Yeah. So he basically spent Aki's money on good food and um, and an apartment. And, you know, the, him and Power have just basically been living like stoners in this apartment. Um, yeah. So, you know, Denji's kind of like walking around. You know, he, he leaves the apartment. He goes into the city, buys some ice cream. And then it just kind of hits him that he killed Aki. I killed Aki. And then he just throws up his ice cream. Uh, And this is like, you know, part of like Denji is kind of like a guy who doesn't give a fuck and has been just kind of living for the whole. Yeah, that's what makes, yeah, that's what kind of, you have to keep that in mind, like with a chapter like this, because it would seem super mundane if you don't kind of, if you're not like keeping with the same attitude, like, yo, he's literally Mm -hmm. learning how to be a regular person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because at the start of this, Denji is, bless you, but, uh. 
at the start of this, Denji, literally his biggest goal is to just kind of work a minimum wage job and live just like a minimum wage life because his life was so shit. And he didn't really care about many other things, but uh, Aki's death yeah, is really His dream effective. was to get bread with jam on it, and then he had to find a new dream, a yep. new shonen a new shonen dream. Dream. Yeah, that was literally what he declared like in the beginning. And then he got it like two draft disaster. And he's like, oh, damn, I got to I mean, he I'm still doesn't have a shonen dream. His dream is... It keeps uh, changing. Yeah, I mean, you know, the goalpost. He keeps switching up to like, you know, like, oh, to get with Makima. And now yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to feel... Speak yeah, you know. of the control devil. The control devil, Makima, shows up. And I'm like, where the fuck were you? Oh, yeah, I forgot. She is the whole not person. Yeah, she just shows up yeah. like like she didn't just left, let his best friend die. And um, he's basically like, Miss Makima, you're here. And she's like, you're cold. Come with me to my apartment. And, um, you know, he goes with her. Uh, she has like a ton of dogs. And, you know, he's just chilling. And, you know, this is the first time he's been happy in a while just sitting next to Makima playing with dogs. You know, and he's like, man, I feel a lot better now. And you know that after, like, you know, he's technically fulfilled their promise. At the start of the series, Makima promised that if the gun devil was defeated by Denji, then she would grant any way she wanted. And Denji's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I almost forgot. Oh, Yeah. This is a very interesting panel. I don't know what this is supposed to mean exactly with him just like thinking with all these planets surrounding him. And uh, he basically, his dream is to be Makima's dog. And it's fascinating. I don't know, man. We've, we've talked about their relationship before. Makima is now controlled devil. So I don't, I, I, I feel like this kind of confirms that she can't use her powers on Denji. She has to manipulate him emotionally in order to make him do whatever she wants it's just it's weird like they're being you can like now that they went out and straight up admitted what she is like you know like you could see she says denji stand up and he kind of gets up but not like you could tell like not like it's not like the others like i have a command like he he gets up you know all like you know lethargically so yeah (laughs) <laughs> like we've seen her I think, powers. I think you're right, bro. I think it does confirm, like, yeah, how it doesn't work on her. Yeah, it's like Josh said. Like you've seen her, her powers affect other people when then they just kind of freeze up and just do what she says. But she has to kind of like give him incentives and, um, you know, try to like wave the carrot for him in order for him to do anything. So essentially, her power not working. Yeah, so and, she has to do what any normal person would need to do. And I'm sure it's because of Pochita. I'm sure it's because of Pochita, whatever's behind the door. Yeah, there is, you know, this this chapter was nice for me because it made me feel like, you know, there, there's, there's not an end in sight. Yeah. It maybe is, but after reading this, you know, the other chapters felt like it was starting to get to that point. Yeah, but this chapter didn't feel like something that's supposed to lead up to like a final chapter or even soon. You know, it just looks like the story is continuing. Yeah, I and still make. Like, yeah, I know you like Daki, but <laughs> we're going forward. Yeah. I I still maintain that like it's probably not going to be a long running story. 
No, I don't. I, st- I agree. still got some juice. I, I do agree with that still. Um, and I'm not even going to act like that's the case. But I think, I think we're good for another month. <laughs> At least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lease renewed, essentially. Um, all right. Well, that was Chainsaw Man. Great chapter. Um, very interesting. Next week, I feel like we're going to get some like interesting stuff. But um, it's time to randomize. Batman. This is Batman number 97, Joker War Part 3. Last we left off, there were a lot of like... Gotham zombies about to attack Batman. Um, but we start off here at the Tricorner Yards where they're getting a shipment of like chemicals so that they can make new Joker toxin. Um, Punchline's all like hype. She's like, fuck yeah. Yeah. And um, basically, they're like, so there's no security. We're just going to go by ourselves. It's like, yeah, you're the security. And she, he's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and they what ex- you mean, bro? What you think I have all y'all going in one place? Yeah. <laughs> they explain that like there's someone going around this child going around just killing Joker henchmen. And we cut to the narrows like to flashback to demonstrate basically. And these clowns are just kind of stuck in the bat in one of the Batmobiles as this kid is about to set it on fucking fire. And this kid apparently t- he seems to be very intelligent and able to like Hot, yeah, he's not wire. just some like a hard ass. Yeah, edge lord. I mean, he is an he's edge a, lord. But he's, he's not just that. He has some smarts there. Yeah, um, he he's actually a very cool character to me. I don't know why. I feel like I wouldn't vibe with this character normally, but there's something about the way he operates. I'm digging. Yeah, I, I guess it's because he's like it's, kinda, it's very very Batman needs to get a hold on him and shape him. Ish. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe you're not getting those vibes, but I am. I think part of it is the art. Um, we we're gonna need to talk about the signal soon. Yeah, we are. One of these days, we're gonna need to talk about him. I mean, what's your concern? <laughs> like, what are they doing with his character? How did he even become the signal in the first place? That kind of stuff. I wonder. Okay, so the signal. I don't want to just add. No, we're not talking about it right now. We will though. I will. I mean, I don't know much about it. All I'll say is that the signal is in the Batman and the Outsiders book, and that's where he's primarily operating. He's on that team. He's in the Outsiders? Mm-hmm. He's like, he's the Batman for the Outsiders, basically? No, Batman's on that team, but Signal is also on that team. Cool. That book got canceled, though. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know much about what the signal is doing or what his deal was because he was supposed to be super important. But for whatever reason, I hope they just don't token black kid him out, yo. Like, I agree. Like, set him up for success. Don't introduce this new edge kid that may be the new Batman. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. I don't think this kid's gonna be the new Batman. But um, I'll say this. Um, I think part of it is the art that sells it for me. He's very well, like, I don't know. He's got a swagger that comes with the art here. Um, but in any yeah. case, we cut back to the theater. Batman. This is. Oh man. What? Gallon. What? Galactus. What do you mean? Remember when he looked sad? Oh, he yeah. Beat up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fighting an army of zombies, essentially. And um, he's still fucking with the, to- the Joker toxin and stuff. Um, and then he, like, throws, like, a cool bomb at the thing. This is a very, honestly, this two-page spread right here, when he, like, goes berserk, he goes, shut up! 
Bebop. It's very cool. The art from yeah. here on out, he goes ballistic, man. Um, Batman pulls a daredevil. He blinds himself. And he does some cool Batman karate shit. Um, yeah, he just like solos all these guys and uses a sonic thingy. He does the thing. Batman stuff. <laughs> Draws them all in and knocks them all out with a fucking EMP. I assure you. He realizes that the chemicals are... Yeah, we don't being, do... Being we, transmitted or something. No, no, you know. Yeah, we don't do Joker like... Joker vs. Batman. Shit's real. I'm, I'm no biochem. So. Yeah. We don't do like hardcore fight by fight play by play on the pod usually, but I will say this is a very cool sequence to me. I and mostly because this guy is my favorite artist and he fucking rules in this issue. Um, so Batman, after defeating all these guys, he just falls out of the theater, meets up with Harley Quinn again because Harley Quinn knew he was gonna where he was gonna go, so she just followed him essentially. And then we get this kind of disturbing look at Joker's body. He just takes off his shirt, and Joker somehow got like s- kind of six pack abs. He's been working on himself. Joker, <laughs> yeah, with his fucking robe. Yeah, I mean, swag guy. Look at think he is. Look at him. Look how many he got on too, yo. He's really filming himself right now. Yeah, and they basically He's like just... Batman stressed. He's creating new vigilantes that kill. Nice. <laughs> he loved it. He's like, no, kill the kid, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's going. Yeah. He's going a little. He's following a little too hard for respect, but um, it's good. It means that yeah. our plan That's is working. good. It's progress. It's it's what we're doing, you know. Um. Yeah. So basically, she's like, "Yeah, kill the kid. Find a way to kill the kid, and also it's time to kill Harley." So. Oh, and she she gets so wet. <laughs> Look at her face, bro. Punchline is like. I can't believe it. She's like, I can kill Harley now. About fucking I can kill time. your ex. Yeah. Man. <laughs> she tried to kill her before though and she didn't so yeah so um batman wakes up in this uh field of flowers and stuff and apparently this place is uh this kind of safe zone there's a bunch of like little themed safe zones that like the villains of gotham have scattered around the city and this is poison ivies uh harley knows about it because they're very close and she used to take her there um mm. and basically she's like here drink this and you know, it's supposed to cure him of the Joker toxin that's in there. But really, it just makes him trip the fuck out. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not a straight-up cure, but it's going to flush out all the remaining Joker toxin from your system. So, have fun tripping balls. Like he looks at him, he's like, what is it? Yeah. Like, shorty. Huh. Yeah. I don't trust you. So, Batman goes, like, fucking ballistic and is like, fucking... I'm not here right now. And then he turns around and then Alfred's behind him. And it's like, bro, I get it, but come on. (laughs) He's, I get you're sad. I feel like this would be more effective if we haven't been getting like Alfred hallucinations this entire time. Um, Yeah. But then it shows him and it's supposed, like, am I supposed to be surprised? Like he's been talking to him for the past two chapters in his fucking head. Yeah, pretty much. Um, But yeah, um, I'm okay. I I like this. I I feel like what the Joker War needs is to be a little faster, and hopefully this kind of mitigates that process. Um, it's been like a little too slow paced for me. Um, it just needs to pick itself up a little bit more. But um, I'm honestly a fan of the concept, and not to mention we're getting like inundated with so much Joker shit. And next week we have three Jokers. So yeah, 
and that's for sure. Next week we do have three jokers. So be ready. Um, but uh, in any case, that was uh, Batman. You guys got one, anything else to say before we go? No, no? All right, cool. Then I guess I'm going to buy some time before I get to point. Okay, now we can randomize. <laughs> I honestly didn't mean to pick that sound. Uh, but Empire. <laughs> Empire X-Men number four. Uh, this is the final tie-in for X-Men for Empire. Um, last we left off, well, it doesn't matter at this point because we start with a flashback of what happened immediately after Scar of the Witch resurrected the mutants of, uh, of Genosha. And uh, she decided to fuck off. She just left. She's like, man, fuck this shit. And then he, um, she just goes to, um, to Doctor Strange and tells her, tells him what he did. And Doctor Strange is like, why'd you, do, why'd you go and do that for? I didn't tell you to do that. That's not what I meant. And then she's crying. Like, that's supposed to fucking make everything okay on her. And like, no, bitch, you violent. <laughs> you took away. Six, how, what was the number? Six million or something. Mutants, and then you try to bring them all back. While Krakoa is already bringing people back to life. Is she? She's not invited to Krakoa, fair. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, she doesn't know. She right. doesn't know the process of that. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Scarlet Witch, because of what she did, she is not allowed on on Krakoa at all. But Apocalypse is allowed. Apocalypse didn't kill six million mutants yet. I mean, in yeah, fact, yeah. Apocalypse's whole thing is that he doesn't kill mutants. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, so basically, she ba- <laughs> she tells Doctor Strange is like, all right. Just tell me what you did. And then she basically goes through the list of things that she acquired. And every time Doctor Strange just takes a shot, like, fuck. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's like, God. He's getting worse and worse. And uh, then he calls Wong. He says, Wong, we got to cancel our dinner plans. So they go to Genosha and uh, they, Doctor Strange starts to go into the process of getting rid of this spell. And he's basically like, all right, so. I've constructed a barrier that will prevent anything dead from crossing the threshold of the island's edge. So if the zombies somehow make it off of this island, they can't go very far without dying for real. Um, And uh, then he does another thing that basically is like, all right, so I did a thing. It's not going to happen immediately. Um, It'll take pretty much a month to dissolve this spell. And she's like, wait, what if people come here before? And Dr. Strange is like, well, you better hope that they don't. And man, literally 29 days later is when this conflict on Empire happens. Um, it's kind of the timing. The time could you say the uh, could you could you could you uh, say the words of the monster, please? Oh, <laughs> in your most accurate. <clears throat> Let me take a drink of water here. Yeah, I was just gonna show everyone what what he's replicating right now. All right, wait, I'll put it up on the screen. Okay. Glor, 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 glor. Yes. There we go. That's exactly. I've been waiting all week to hear that, Chris. Okay. Matter of fact. I mean, you know, that's why I'm here is to make, is to say weird noises that people say in comic books. Um, it's kind of my calling. 
All right, so we pretty much get a recap of all the hell that's breaking loose on Genosha. Uh, this big uh, Kotati zombie thing. Uh, Magic is a demon now. Um, there's still zombies running around and shit. And uh, meanwhile, on Krakoa, while Beast is working with one of the horticulture ladies, he just decides to steal one of her, one of her, uh, some of her tech, and test it out. And it turns out like he figured out how it works, you know. And um, he brings in this kid. And at first, I'm like, who is this child? Who is this boy that they brought in? Yeah, this young. Bo- yeah, right. I was glad that I didn't really have to know that beforehand. Yeah. And so this kid, he he flies off. And while everybody is fighting the Kotati and the zombies, um, this boy approaches one of the zombies in Genosha. And it turns out that that explodey mutant from that we've been following this entire time, he's this kid. This kid used to be on Genosha, and he was resurrected on Krakoa, but there's also a zombie version of him on Genosha. Um. It's a good twist. So probably something I should yeah, have seen right? coming, but I I really appreciated it because I like how there's like subtly digging into the resurrection process and explaining. Like, yeah, the yeah, he's saying it's kind of overkill, but this is what it is, and you can't survive. Well, it's <laughs> yeah, it's not like you know they're like this is why. It's just like a little fun coincidental consequence of why they are very careful about who they resurrect and when and why there's a system in place um, because you have copies of people. And it kind of brings up this interesting dynamic of like, if this boy was resurrected, then what's what soul is harboring inside the regular Krakoan mutants body? You know what I mean? Like, is it just that their mind lit, like their minds are brought back as opposed to the Genosian zombies, which are the souls are brought back to these rotting bodies. It's very weird and interesting, like deep thing that I hope they explore soon because I can't wait anymore. Yeah, is it more like these are just kind of husks with the memories of the people, as opposed to this being, I guess, a more genuine resurrection? Yeah, Um, but I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. So basically, they talk. It can't go on forever, either. That's for sure. Yeah, it can't. That this can't be a constant. Yeah. Um. So they have like a heart to heart. This boy basically talks to himself about like the life he could have had if he survived. Um, apparently he, when he was alive the first time around, he had a bad relationship with his folks and the Krakoan version of himself kind of uh, rectified those issues. Um, so yeah, they had a heart to heart and he's like, man, we got to do something about this. This can't, this can't go on. And the kid's like, okay, I'll just, Big logo monster. yeah, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just suicide bomb this Glorglor monster and the zombie explodey kid flies up. He enters the mouth of the Glorglor monster and explodes. And in that moment, um, like as, as the magic demon is like, I'm in charge now and you can't stop me because yeah, I'm all powerful. Right, she's talking mad shit. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's like, yes, that now that that monster has been vanquished, I am the paramount power force on this. <laughs> Yo, so the angel starts talking to her, and she says, silence, slave. Like, <laughs> she already subjugated him. Yeah, it's a great moment. All beneath me. And then literally, right when he goes to Nightcrawler and is like, mm, I'm a fucking, 
I'm going to enslave the shit out of you. <laughs> That's when like the spell wears off. Uh, the magical items are dissipated under Doctor Strange's spell. And um, yeah, everything's kind of wrapped up. The zombies are gone. Everything is cool. The Genosian zombies are gone. Genosha's free. Uh, Beast has a piece of the horticulture tech. And um, yeah. And he's being so... I, I have a feeling that like they allowed him to take it and it's going to blow up in his face. Well, I don't and think... And they're going to infiltrate Krakoa for the Thursday pack. I'll say this. I think it's more that like they didn't know he has it, but they also have a bunch of pieces of the Kotati. So it's kind of like yeah. an even exchange. Is what like the measures he takes is probably going to be nullified by the Kotati pieces they've extracted as well. It's just that whenever Beast does anything now, post Hickman X Men, I just feel like yeah, you're. It's gonna yeah. It's gonna be lame. Yeah, I gotta articulate that thought. I'm sure you. And then we end on this image of the Scarlet Witch still repenting on what she did, and it seems like they're hinting at that she's not going to give up on resurrecting the Genosian mutants. Um which I'm sure will pay off down the line. But that is the last of the Empire X-Men books. Um, man, cool. very, I liked it a lot. Uh, Hell yeah. Hickman wrote Way this one. Way to go, Hickman. Yeah, he wrote this one. I think he, like they divided the labor where he wrote two and uh, this other writer wrote the middle two. Uh, man, it's really good. I, I love how he basically co-opted Empire, mad respect. Um, yeah. <laughs> I loved it a lot. Very recommended. I mean, even if you're not really following Empire, you don't necessarily have to in order to kind of understand what's happening here. But it is it feels like it's gonna be important to X-Men, so pick it up. Yeah. And it's only four issues. Who cares? You know, might as well. Um I mean horticulture was featured in an actual like not in one of their like sub books, like in the actual main X-Men series. Mm-hmm. So this is for sure gonna be important down the road. Yeah. Like absolutely. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's all I got to say about it. You got anything else, Josh? No, I honestly think that like this part, this X-Men tie-in is probably going to be the most substantial uh, piece of story left over from this whole Empire. I event. think so, too. In all of Marvel. Like, honestly, I mean, what are they going to do after this? Oh, now Koi's in jail and maybe he'll break out. <laughs> Fucking Koi. No. Oh, I guess the 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 this Kree and scrolls the aftermath of them being together and then probably splitting. Uh, whatever. What? Let's okay. As far as Katadis go, <laughs> they're done. You go, Hickman. Go, Hickman. All right. All right. Thank you guys so much for that. That was Empire X Men, and that is our show. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Woo! It's a busier episode than I thought it would be, but we're here. Um, you could follow us at the Chris Espinal at JD Cole underscore 37 at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram, all the stuff. Follow the show itself at New Jump City. Our theme song is by Drum Foo. Follow him at Drum underscore Foo. Um, email us at New Jump City Pod at gmail.com for any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk about. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Tell us what you think about this week's comments below. Um, super, super appreciate you guys hanging out and having fun with us um that's all i gotta say stay safe new jump citizens peace out